there uh, through the first of the year. They went um, before Thanksgiving, and um, they got stuck here in COVID restrictions. They couldn't get back into the country. Um, I think I may have shared this with a Wednesday night group, but um, the church added 300 new folks uh, in their absence, uh, the, the people on the ground that they work with there, uh, part of their staff. And, um, but to give you some idea, like when I say I like the way they do it, they are buying rice farms. And if you've ever been to my office and there, that bag on there that says uh, Jehovah Jireh Farms and Triumphant Ministries, that's from their ministry. And so they're, they're growing and raising their own food to feed the people that they serve, uh, the, the fatherless and motherless uh, children that they love and serve. But then they also are selling rice to help fund ministry efforts. So it's, it's just an amazing operation. But anyway, um, you don't hear a lot about it in the Western media, but there's a lot of unrest, political, civil unrest in uh, Myanmar right now. And when I, when I say unrest, I mean like people shooting and killing each other uh, on a large scale. And uh, he just sent a word early this morning if, that, if we would pray for them, stand in agreement with them. Um, he said that they had to go lights out and um, basically heads down the, the fighting and the shooting has um, been going on for hours just 100 yards from where they are. And um, so, of course, I've had some encouraging words for, for them. But um, let's, let's stand together and um, amen. Um, if we've got any moms and dads in the house, uh, these are your children, okay? You know what I'm saying? In other words, sometimes, it, and I, I look for Some of you know Rick and Angie. I, next time they're... Uh, on, in the United States, and we have opportunity to bring them in for you to meet them in person. I'd love for you to do that. Um, amen. But let's, uh, let's, let's pray for them. Father, we simply set ourselves in agreement with our brothers and sisters, our partners in ministry. Lord, people who are willing to go and sacrifice, the least that we can do is help send them. And so, Lord, I thank you that your purposes are prospering through the fellowship and partnership that we have with Rick and Angie and Triumphant Ministries. I thank you, Lord, for the vision. I thank you, Lord, for the provision. But, Lord, our covenant of grace also includes protection, supernatural, divine protection. And so, Lord, I thank you that no harm can come to them or any of their staff. I thank you, Father, that what's happening in that country and what the devil meant for harm and for ruin and for destruction, Father, you are, you are turning it. And it's causing people to not run from you but to run to you. I thank you, Lord, for... Uh, the hundreds and hundreds of people that they're reaching, Lord, for, um, for the kingdom and, and, Lord, discipling and training and sending out to reach even more. I thank you, Father, for the precious children, Lord, that they are loving and caring for and training up uh, in, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I thank you, Father, God, today that you have not given them a spirit of fear and they are not afraid. They are bold, bold as lions because the righteous are as bold as lions. And I thank you, Father, that their very presence um, in that country, they're there as ambassadors for your kingdom. And, Lord, your kingdom is a kingdom of peace. And I thank you, Father, that wherever they go and wherever they are, peace, Lord, accompanies them. And so, Lord, we thank you for good things now for our brothers and our sisters, Lord, there 
And Lord, some of them, these precious souls, Lord, we won't meet until we're on the other side. But I thank you, Father, that they're as much a part of us and we're as much a part of them, Lord, as people standing in this room right now. And so we thank you, Lord, uh, for good things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, you may be seated. And again, if you, if you, if you Lord, lays Rick and Angie on your uh, heart, um, I'll tell you one of the things, and I, I would love for them to share uh, their story with you someday. Um, he started all this as a uh, mechanic supervisor for American Airlines. <laughs> In other words, he'd save up his vacation time, and the Lord laid uh, that particular country, that particular place uh, on their hearts. And so, you know, they started small, and, and man, what they're doing has grown. The last time he was in town, I carried him up to the foundry farm in Coleman. Uh, for those of you who don't know, at the farm in Coleman, uh, we have a, 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 I say large, compared to some major operations, it wouldn't be large, but we have 300 laying hens there and uh, uh, producing eggs. And, of course, that's something that um, Rick and Angie are, are wanting to do, and so he wanted to kind of see that and, and pick the brains of those that are involved in doing that. Uh, so they, they have, again, the, the vision is, um, is amazing, and it's amazing how quickly it's all coming to pass. So, uh, And every, every time you give to Heritage, you're giving. Uh, as a family of faith, we, we support them financially uh, on, on a monthly basis. Praise God. All right, um, let's, uh, let's get back into our study this morning on the subject of giving and receiving. I know we've looked at some verses in Proverbs just about every time. I'm going to forego that this morning, but Proverbs tells us to honor the Lord with our possessions uh, and with the first fruit of all of our increase, and we're to do that so that our barns will be filled with plenty and our vats will overflow with new wine, not just wine, but new wine, amen? Um, so, he's, you know, the, the new emphasis there is uh, new increase, fresh increase, uh, that's that's flowing uh, into uh, your life and to my life. And so, um, should we uh, give to receive? The answer is yes, we should. And and I feel a little bit of resistance, less and less, but every time I say it, see, because we've been indoctrinated by religion and by the world system that says you should never give to receive. No, Jesus said you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't give to embarrass other people. Um, you, you shouldn't, you know, give publicly uh, to someone who, you know, who, who uh, is, is struggling in poverty so that you can make yourself look better uh, because you did that, okay? Um, but giving to be seen and giving to receive are not the same things. And we've covered a lot of ground on that already. If that seems very foreign to you, uh, consider what the Bible says. Not only does the Bible say give and it will be given unto you, the Bible says the, the way you give and even the quantity that you give will determine um, what you receive in return. If you give sparingly, you will reap sparingly if you receive sparingly but if you give or sow bountifully you will uh, harvest or receive uh, bountifully now let's go to second corinthians 8 and 9 second corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9 it says for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich we know that satan is the father of lies, and we know that he makes his living by deceiving. And to be deceived means to believe something is true that's actually not true. And Brother Keith Moore says, if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be. So there's a, a, a measure of blindness 
to our deception. And, of course, the more ignorant we are of the things of God, and ignorance simply means you don't know, and if you don't know, you don't know. And, and again, there's a little saying that we have that goes along with a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. And, and because we don't know what we don't know, it makes us very vulnerable and susceptible to, um, to lies and, and to deception. And there are times where, you know, we, we convince ourselves that we know something, that we understand something, and then we move to a different subject that talks about the same thing in a different way, and it makes us nervous, it makes us uncomfortable, and, and so what that's actually doing is it's revealing to us an area of a broader subject that we're still either deceived concerning or are still ignorant or not understanding of. And here we see grace spoken of in a context that sadly is rarely spoken of in the church world today and represents an area of confusion and ignorance for a lot of people. A lot of times when we talk about grace, we talk about grace as it relates to the forgiveness of sins or grace as it relates to salvation or grace as it relates to some divine intervention in our circumstances where God shows us grace and mercy and, and we're so thankful for that. And certainly all of those are accurate understandings and applications of grace. But grace is, is more than just, uh, I'm going to use a big word like mayonnaise here, it's more than episodic. In other words, it's, it, grace is more than just uh, uh, you know, a good luck charm that we pull out of our back pocket in desperate times. Grace is a lifestyle, just like faith is a lifestyle. Amen. Great, grace, God's grace, you know, whether we understand it or acknowledge it or not, is such a, a beautiful and wonderful factor in uh, everything that has to do with our lives and our existence. So here he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a requirement to understanding what he says next. So let me say this another way. If you do not know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, what follows in this verse is, is going to be uh, confusing or... Um, there's truth here and there's principles here that you're meant to benefit from. But if you don't know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then as giving and receiving and wealth and being rich are concerned, uh, you're, you're going to miss out and, and be confused. Okay, I'm not, I'm not really saying that the way I need to say it, but we'll keep going. Okay, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. Now, grace in general, as it relates to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is Him becoming the negative so that we could become the positive. So He became our sin so that we could become uh, His righteousness. He suffered physically uh, by being beaten with a Roman whip so that by those stripes uh, we were healed. And in the same way, Though he had earthly possessions and wealth, he intentionally became poor so that you could become rich. Now, we made this point last week, and I'm going to show you a scripture verse that, that goes along with it. Before I go there, and this is related, remember we went into these words in the original language, and so when it says 
that though he was rich, that means he possessed wealth, abundance, and riches. He became poor like a beggar in abject poverty, completely destitute and helpless, so that you might become rich. Become rich means possessing an abundance of riches, wealth, and material goods. Now, why am I, why am I emphasizing that? I'm emphasizing that because religion and, and, and this world system tries to tell us that, um, and I, I thought I moved the verse up in my notes, so I'm, I'm going for it right now in, in, uh, uh, in the Scripture, so just give me just a second. I want you to see this, Mark 10. Religion and, and, the, and the world will tell us that any time you read the word rich or any time you read the word wealth or any time you read the word prosperity or any time you read the word abundance in the Scriptures, that it's either talking about immaterial things, an abundance of peace, an abundance of joy, you'll be wealth, you, you, you'll have a wealth of friendship, you know, and, and all those things are important, don't misunderstand me. Um, but religion tells us that riches, wealth, abundance, increase, that all of these things are talking about uh, non-material things. They're talking about spiritual things and emotional things, but not actual material goods. Well, that's incorrect. Look at what the Bible says. Look at what the Bible says. Don't, don't, we read it. Remember what we said last week? We read it with these preconceived ideas and we miss, remain ignorant of what God has done for us and what his will for us is and, and what he would have for us to, to receive. And so the devil has stolen, so it's two things. Number one, the lie is it's not talking about material things. It's talking about immaterial things and concepts. Or, or it's not talking about material things for this life, but in heaven one day we'll enjoy these things. In heaven one day we'll have an ab- abundance. In heaven one day we, we'll, we'll have wealth and so forth and so on. Again, both of those are incorrect. Both of those are incorrect. As we said last week, I'll say it again, Jesus bled to death on the cross to secure your eternal destination, but he also did it to provide for your daily victory in life. Now, here, here is one of many verses, and I just really felt impressed of the Lord to, to comment on this now, because there's so much, there's so much confusion and misinformation that, you know, if, if we don't get it cleared up, we're going to miss what it is that Father is trying to say to us. So let's get some of this cleared up for those of you who still think that way. So in Mark chapter 10, verses 29 and 30, So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. If you underline, highlight, mark, things in your Bible. You might even want to put a lightning bolt right there on either side of that. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, comma, eternal life. So, again, I know I've said it already. I'm going to say it again. There's two ways the devil tries to steal the reality of all these things from God's people. Two primary ways, anyway is he tells us that riches and wealth and abundance is not talking about material goods. Again, that's not, that's not true. Or he tries to tell us that these things are God's will for you, but not now. It's, it's, it's later one day when you get to heaven. All right. 
So certainly we're going to enjoy heaven. But if the, if the church and God's people remain broke during this time, now in this time, that's what Jesus said, now in this time, okay, then our ability to do what God has called us and created us to do is severely limited. Of course, what Rick and Angie are doing uh, in, a, in another country, it takes money. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? They don't give buildings away here. The world doesn't give buildings away here in the United States, at least, <laughs> amen, no, don't get me started on that. But, but they don't in other countries either. It, it, bricks cost money here and bricks cost money there. Food costs money here and food costs money there. Costs money to take in uh, children who have no mother or father and, and, and not just leave them to the streets uh, and, 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 to, and to this world but to raise them up to be influential and make a difference in their own country and amongst their own people. All that costs money. Are you with me? And, and the more money, there's, there's no telling how many, only heaven will reveal it, I believe, how many millions of people, uh, the Odell Ministries and, and the Pakistani Harvest Plan, the India Harvest Plan, what's been done in Honduras, I mean, the the people that have been just in those three countries, not to mention other places that Brother Jerry has, has ministered over the course of his lifetime. But he will tell you straight up, if he had had more money, he could have, he could have reached more people. Amen. So do you see why the devil wants us to believe, well, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, God wants you to, but not now, not now. Because now is when we need it. Now is when, is, is when we need it to, to, to do what it is that we're on this earth to do, all right? So do you see, it's not just for the sweet by and by, but it's for right now. Did Jesus say now or did he say now? Now in this time. Now in this time. So will we be rewarded one day in heaven for things that we've given, for things that we've done, for sacrifices that we've made? Yes, we will be rewarded one day in heaven. But did Jesus also say that we will be rewarded now in this time for things that we've done, for things that we've given, for sacrifices that we've made? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So let's just get rid of that lie and that deception from the enemy uh, once and for all. Amen. All right, now, let's go back then to this, knowing the grace of God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. As we've already said, the phrase, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, is critical here. Knowing grace is a prerequisite for understanding this passage. Now, let me go back to what we said a moment ago. Maybe we understand grace from the perspective of being made right, uh, receiving the gift of righteousness, an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, okay? And so, okay, yeah, I got this, I got this grace business, Pastor Mark. I mean, you've talked a lot about it over the years, and, and we're, we're not righteous by our own works, but we're righteous... That, you know, because of a gift that we've given because of the grace of God, okay? But now he's saying that the same principles of grace that have made us right before God in the eyes of God, that the same grace that made us right made us healed. The same grace that made us healed made us free. And the same grace that made us free made us uh, powerful. And the same grace that made us free and powerful has made us rich. So to only understand grace as it relates to our right standing with God is to understand it in a limited way. But in the same way that Jesus became your sin so that you could become His righteousness, He became your poverty so that you could become His wealth. 
Thank you for that. Amen. It's important. This is so important. All right, now, let me, some of this is going to be a, a brief review but do you remember, I think it was three or four weeks ago, that it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving, that we, we talked a little bit about how God created us, and we said there was three places where you can see the will of God for mankind most clearly, in the garden before uh, Adam and Eve sinned, in the earthly life and ministry of Jesus, and then what we know heaven will one day be like. And the life that God wants you to live right now he wants it to mirror what it was in the garden before sin, what it was in the earthly life and ministry of Jesus, and what heaven will one day be like. That's why Jesus said, pray for the kingdom to come and for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven should be the battle cry of the church because it's the heartbeat of our heavenly Father. He does not want you to have to wait until you get to heaven one day to enjoy what it is that he's provided for you right here and right now. Amen. Do you realize... Our covenant, we're going to talk a little bit more this morning about grace and, as, and, and specifically the covenant of grace. We have a covenant with God. If, if, you, if you struggle with that terminology, this is a watered-down version of it, but think of a, a written and published and established operating agreement with God. A written, published, established operating agreement with God. If anyone here has ever worked like in the mines or been a part of a union, um, we see where unions negotiate contracts with owners. And that contract spells out benefits and, and, and pay and, and all kinds of different aspects, vacation time, so forth and so on, right? And, and again, that's a, an earthly, worldly way of trying to, to, to point this out. But we have an operating agreement with God right now. It was ratified by the blood of Jesus when we were not qualified to enter into an agreement with God on, on, you know, for ourselves, Jesus became one of us and, and, and entered into, uh, as a man, a blood covenant with God the Father as our uh, representative. Amen. Are you with me? As our mediator, as our attorney, as our lawyer. Amen. And, and boy, what a covenant he, he negotiated for us. When I say negotiated, Father God wasn't like arguing with him. I mean, it's like, amen, everything Jesus asked for for, for us, he gave us. Amen? Amen. It wasn't, there was no contention here. There was no contention here. Father said, oh, you want healing for him? Man, he, I want healing for him too. You want freedom for him? I want freedom for him too. You want him to be just as right with me as, as you are? I want him to be just as right with me because I love him just as much as I love you. See, so, but again, all of that has, has been established, eternal, written in blood. And listen to me now. It will not have to be modified to accommodate your life on golden streets one day. The covenant that you have now, the operating agreement you have with God the Father right now is the same operating agreement you will live under one day in heaven with Him. It's both our origin and our destiny. And that's a phrase you've heard me say a few times. When you look that's why the, the, the first part of the Bible in Genesis is so critical. Because in, that, in those verses, we see our origin. We, we see that for which God created us. We see fellowship. We see uh, authority, dominion. We see the ability to subdue and rule, to tend and keep. All of these things that are spelled out for us uh, in those opening uh, chapters of, of, of Genesis. Uh, that's our origin, you came forth from God. It's your origin. He created you just a little bit lower than himself. That's your origin. And it's your destiny. 
It's your origin and your destiny. So we see that dominion was our origin and dominion is our destiny. Now, does that mean God created us for dominion? We separated ourselves from him, and that's true. We did separate ourselves from him, and we lost our ability to have the kind of dominion and, 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 and rulership in life that he created. But does that mean now we've got to wait to heaven to have dominion again? No, we see that that dominion has been restored to God's children for the life that now is. Dominion was our origin, dominion is our destiny. Righteousness was our origin, righteousness is our destiny. Greatness was our origin, and greatness is our destiny. Abundance was our origin, and abundance is our destiny. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but do you realize that the grace of God, the Bible says in Romans 5, that we've received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, abundance of grace, and abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness is one thing an abundance of grace has provided for you and me, but it's not the only thing. See, an abundance of grace, included in that abundance of grace, is the gift of righteousness. There's a lot of other gifts that are included in an abundance of grace. But the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, the Bible says, has enabled you and me to rule and reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Rule and reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Do you also realize, think, think with me now, think with me now. Why would God's grace also include our destiny of abundance, of, of having wealth? It's because if we're going to rule and reign in life, we're gonna, we, we can't do it in poverty. How much difference can you make in this world with no money? I was trying to have this conversation and, and, and somebody pointed out, well, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa. Do you realize how many hundreds of millions of dollars Mother Teresa raised to do what she did in India. Now she chose, and, and, and hey, good for her. That's between her and God. She chose not to, um, as far as I know, uh, experience or enjoy any of that for herself personally. But this idea that Mother Teresa did everything that she did without money, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Again, the food that she used to feed all those orphans with, it wasn't given to her. You understand what I'm saying? It had to be purchased. It had to, it had to be acquired some way. Are you still with me up in here? Okay. So abundance was our origin and abundance is our destiny. We were created in abundance. How many trees does it take to feed two people? Are you with me? I mean, what, what do we do? You know, mom and dad, you know, raised a garden. I mean, we didn't eat everything that they raised. They would can it. They would freeze it. I mean, one small garden patch. Think of all the people that have eaten from Brother Ed Canada's garden over the years. That's abundance. I'm sure he ate a tomato sandwich or two out of, off, off those tomato plants, right? But it was way more than he could eat himself. When, when we say abundance, there was more food in the Garden of Eden than, than two... There was more food on one tree in the Garden of Eden than, than, than Adam and Eve could ever consume. And yet he, God said, see all of these trees, plural, they're all yours to enjoy. You see that one tree over there, that one's mine. Leave it alone. Created, our abundance was our origin, abundance is our destiny. It's a given that we all desire these things. 
Are you with me? We, we desire it. We, we talked about wanting to be in control. We talked about wanting to be right. We talked about wanting to win the lottery, even if you've never bought a ticket. Why is this? It's because these things are our origin, meaning we were created for them. So the question is not whether or, or, or not these things are God's desires for us. They are our desires for us. They were, they're our origin. They're our destiny. It's what God wanted for us. He wanted, it, he wanted you to be right so bad that He sent Jesus to make you right. He wanted you to be free so badly that He... Freedom is another one. We, we yearn for, we long for freedom. This country was established by a group of people who wanted to be free. God didn't create you to be His slave or anybody else's slave. His servant even or anybody else's servant. If We are sons and daughters of God who choose to humble ourselves and serve in the example of our elder brother Jesus who was the eternal uncreated Son of God but chose to humble Himself as a servant and serve. People who are trying to serve God to earn their right, favor, their right standing in favor with Him, my friend, that he says it's his filthy rags, it's unacceptable. What's pleasing to God is when you know who you are in Christ Jesus and you choose to humble yourself and serve. The Holy Spirit is identified in the Scripture as a helper. Third member of the Godhead, the eternal uncreated Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another helper. You see the example that, that, that God is setting for us to follow. It's the, it's the secret to life. It's the, it's the key to life. This is why Jesus is not threatened by you having the same standing, the same position, the same inheritance from God the Father as, as He is entitled to, as He has been given, as He has received. So here's the challenge, right? You were created for all of these things. Obviously, we're talking about giving and receiving. Giving and receiving is Father's ways of doing wealth. Okay? So, we're, you say, I thought we were talking about giving and We are talking about giving and receiving, but there's a, there's a lot of confusion that's beneath the surface that, that we've got to plow up and break up and, and, and turn over and get rid of Weeds, things that, that have been planted in the fertile soil of our hearts that God did not plant there, that are growing up and choking out what it is that God's trying to plant in our hearts. And so we're doing some plowing, we're doing some weeding. Some, we're not just weed-eating, we're rounding them up, amen? We're, we're getting rid of them, killing them at the root. This idea that Father God does, wants to keep you broke so He'll keep you humble, that's a weed that the devil and the world and religion is planted in your heart. That is not of God. This idea that it's okay, it's okay for a Christian to be rich as long as they worked hard and earned it. But somebody that, that was, was blessed and, and, and through giving and, 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 and receiving and sowing and reaping, and you know, if you didn't earn it, you don't deserve it. All of a sudden, see, again, those are weeds. Remember, I asked you how comfortable are you receiving things that you didn't earn or don't deserve? Any thought, any, any reservation there with that is a, is a weed that the world and religion has planted in your heart. We've got to root that out. Because it doesn't matter how, how many correct seeds of understanding that we plant in your heart where the truth is concerned about these things, if there are weeds still present, they're going to choke out that word and prevent it from producing the fruit in your life that God wanted you to produce. Man, I believe you shouldn't give to receive. It's like kudzu. 
It's one of the most invasive. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Cornelius, I know you guys watch all these messages. Kudzu, I don't know what, I need to talk to you about your version of kudzu in, in, I guess every place, geographical area has a kudzu. Kudzu, look it up, Google it, brother, you'll get, you'll be, you'll get a kick out of it, amen. All right, praise God. It's the kudzu, you know, it's like, what language is he speaking now? Amen. What's a, amen, praise God. Those of you who don't know what kudzu is, Google it. In the South, it's one of the most invasive plants chokes everything out it, it, it can it can choke it you got to get that out thinking we know the grace of God and not really knowing it is what allows these these weeds of of error and confusion to choke the word of God out from our lives thank you Jesus so it's 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 not a question of if it's God's will, it's not a question of if we desire these things it's not a question of of, of if we were created for these things we were the question is, how, how, do we, how do we go about pursuing these things? It's not that God wants you to be rich. <laughs> so I don't know about that, Pastor Mark. You got kids? Do you want your kids to be rich? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Somewhere I got this in my notes. Let me try to find it. Amen. I, I can remember it. Thank you, Lord. You just help me, Holy Spirit. I know you will. Amen. You are. I remember when... Um, we sent Bethany uh, on her first international overseas missions trip. And there's, you know, weight limits on a suitcase. And there's, thank God, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, that there was a limit on how many suitcases she could carry. Or else me and her mother would have outfitted her for a six-month trip instead of a 10-day trip. Are you with me? We wanted her to have everything she would need. You're like, well, what if, what if, you know, she can't eat the food. What if she doesn't, what if they don't have enough bottled water? What, what if, are you, are you, are you following what I'm saying? In other words, she's, she's going to another country as an ambassador for the kingdom. And as her mom and dad, we want to make sure that she has everything that she needs to not just survive, but to thrive. And, 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 and then have some, we even told her, it's like, now baby, you're going to have way more than you need. So before you leave, give these three dozen protein bars and 47 packs of crackers and 19, you know, give, in other words, give them to the people there. Don't bring them home with you. Blake Raymond's uh, suitcase, here's a, here's a joke for you. Guy walks up the airport, he says, uh, uh, Ma'am, I want to go to Boston, but I want my suitcase to go to Los Angeles. She goes, we can't do that, sir. He said, you did it yesterday. <laughs> so, but that's what happened, right? Um, I think Blake left his carry-on, which had all of his, you know, necessities. You think, you think Blake went hungry on that trip? No. 
because all the parents sent their kids with more, more than enough. If you being evil know how to send your kids somewhere with more than enough to not only do what they need to do, but help other people do what they need to do, Man, we were hiding money. Now look, baby, if this happens, you got some money here. And then we, we hear Bethany back there laughing, right? And put this here. Don't ever keep it all together. There was, there was, we, we were like, we wanted her to have enough if, if like this part got taken from her, she'd still have more than enough. Watch this now. To get there, to thrive there, to do what she was called to do there, and then to get home safely. That's the heart of your father for you. He wants you to have more than you need to do what you're called to do on this earth. To help other people do what they're called to do on this earth. To finish your assignment and then get home safely. It's the heart of a father. It's the heart of a father. It's our destiny. It's our origin. And it's everything in between. It's everything in between. So here, here is, I guess, the, the crux of it. And this is where we're going to be for at least next week. When it comes to understanding the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we, we have to understand God's ways, if I can just put this on the screen, okay. We must understand God's ways of being and doing. It's really, really important, okay. And I'm just going to touch on it just for a minute. I know the, the time's getting a little bit late, okay. We must understand God's ways of being and doing. See, when it comes to abundance, when it comes to authority, when it comes to dominion, when it comes to being in control... When it comes to, uh, um, you know, all right and being right and all this other stuff, we were created for this. We were created for this. So what we see, though, is that the world has their way of doing right and being right. If you notice, that's always changing, by the way. What the world calls right now, they didn't call right 10 years ago. Okay? So that's, for the world, that's always a, a moving standard, a moving target. Okay? So the world, is, the world is saying, okay, this is what you have to do if you're going to be right in our eyes. And if you don't do what we say you have to do to be right in our eyes, then you won't be right in our eyes. And we'll, what do they say? Cancel you. That's the latest. We'll cancel you. Okay. So you've got the world's way. So, so as it applies to, um, let's just go back to our subject, uh, wealth and riches. See, the world has a way of doing and being rich. It's not the same as God's way. 
And so we think and the, the devil has duped so many of God's people into thinking is that God, God is not interested in these things. He created you for these things. He's 100% interested. But the reason, it's the, it's the confusion, it's the lies, it's the ignorance, it's the not understanding, it's it, all of that, that that makes it so easy for the devil. And, and yet what we really, what it boils down to is you've got the world's way of being and doing wealth and you've got God's ways of being wealthy and doing wealth. And they're not the same. And once again, we've been indoctrinated into the buying and selling economy. God's doesn't do buying and selling he does sowing and reaping and so we're trying to understand god's ways of being and doing based upon our indoctrination into the world's ways of of being and doing and really if i could if i could just for another minute or two okay um if if we're going to get this correct in in the world system is you do in order to be but in god's system you be in order to do Okay. See, we the world talks about you need to make something out of yourself, right? See, that's all pride. That that's all, you know. I'm going to make myself this. I'm going to make myself a self-made man, a self-made millionaire, right? See, no, that's world. That's pride. That's look at me. That's boast. But notice now, the world respects that. And here's the thing. Here's the sad thing about it. The church respects that. You see what I'm saying? Oh, man, he, he worked hard for her. She works hard for her money. He worked hard for her money, right? You know. She earned every penny of it. She made herself rich by what she did. See, In the kingdom... He makes you rich. And then he teaches you how to do riches. Remember the question the Lord asked me some? I've, I've brought this up more than once. Saying in my kitchen, it's still dark outside, getting my day started. Just talking to the Lord, and he says... Uh, how much money do you have to have before you believe you're rich? He was setting me up. I'm having this conversation with the Lord. I said, well, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I get, what, a million dollars? That's, you know. And I got to thinking, you know, a million dollars isn't what it used to be. And I said, well, oh, I thought I had the answer. I said, well, you know, Father, I guess that depends on what part of the world you live in because, you know, in, in, in some places, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. You know, so, so. I was just, you know, thinking I was really impressing him, you know, with my wisdom. He said words to me that I pray I'll never forget. He said, believing you're rich has nothing to do with how much money you have. It's nothing to do with how much money you have. See, that's a doing-to-be approach. That's I earn, 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 earn a certain level of money. Now I get the, I get the title of rich. Look at me, I'm a self-made millionaire. Who wants to be a millionaire, right? Okay, so I'm opening this and I don't have time to close it. Well, it's okay, we'll just leave you hanging, cliffhanger like they do on TV sometimes, okay? That's the world's way. 
of what you make yourself. Remember they asked Jesus, they said, they said, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus and I I'm not trying to make myself be anything. I'm, I am who my father made me, and I'm, I'm, I'm being who my father made me, right? See, in the kingdom, <clears throat> Jesus knew that if you was ever going to live free from sin, he was going to have to first make you free. And when he makes you free from sin, you now have the ability to live free from sin, but being made free from sin and learning how to live free from sin are not the same things. See, in the Old Testament, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Let's do it this way, all right? Under the law, being was determined by doing. Under grace, doing is determined by being. Stand with me, please. Praise God. Under the law, if you obeyed, you were righteous and blessed. But if you disobeyed, you were unrighteous and cursed. Under grace, you, were made the, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus based upon what Jesus has done for you. Because you be right, you now have the ability to do right. If you'll let him teach you how to think like a righteous man or woman. Right? Now, I've said that so many different ways so many times over the years. But see, if you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. I'm going to show you in Scripture next Sunday. The same God who made you free, the same God who made you right, is the same God who made you rich. There are a lot of people who still live as slaves to sin who are free from sin. And there are a lot of God's people who still live every day of their lives in unrighteousness even though He has made them righteous. And there are a lot of God's people who are struggling in the area of wealth and abundance even though God has made them rich. He made you rich so you could do wealth, right? Amen. Amen. Do you get anything out of this? All right, let's, uh, let's shut it down right here. Father, thank you so much here, Lord. So much here. But Father, I feel like we've, we've done what you sent us here to do this morning, and I thank you for that peace in my heart. I thank you, Father, that the words that have been spoken here, Father, are landing on fertile soil, and Lord, your truth and wisdom is taking root, becoming established, and producing your intended harvest and results in our lives. Father, thank you for teaching us and showing us, Father, that you've made us rich, and now we need to learn how to walk in the righteousness, walk in the freedom, and walk in the wealth, Lord, that you've already made us, we've already become, you've already given to us. Before I say amen, look at me, please. Look at me, please, okay? God's ways of being and doing. Just keep this in mind, okay? It's one thing for him to make you rich. It's another thing for you to learn how to think like a rich man, okay? All right? And we talk about God's ways of doing as it relates to him 
making you rich. One really important word. Are you ready for it? Generosity. 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 All right? Let's say it one more time. Generosity. You go to lunch today, and some hardworking man or woman who's getting paid less than minimum wage because the restaurant's counting on you tipping them. I heard somebody say it this way, if you can't afford the tip, don't go out to eat. Amen? Amen. Generosity. Why are we stingy? Because we're trying to make ourselves rich. Right? See, we think we can't be a generous tipper and be rich. Come on, say it loud, brother. Think we're going to run out, right? Yeah, going to run out. Oh, if I do that, I'm going to be able to Mm-mm. Say it, somebody say something else to me over there. That's right, amen. Blessing, sister. Amen, amen. I love you, darling. Good to see you this morning. All right, let's, uh, let's say uh, amen, amen. You be blessed. Good things coming. Love to see you Wednesday night. We're having a great time around here on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Praise God. You have a great rest of your day. We love you. Know that we love you. And um, we'll see you next Sunday, if not before.